The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic partner and founding partner of the Olympic Channel, inspiring you to chase your dream. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Before Alistair Brownlee became Olympic champion in 2012, Britain had never won an Olympic medal in the category. Thousands of people lined the streets of Hyde Park in London to cheer him home to victory in 2012. He became Olympic champion again at Rio 2016. None of these Olympic wins happened alone. His brother, Jonathan, or Johnny for short, joined him on the Olympic podium twice as well. Once with a bronze medal at London 2012 and a silver medal in Rio. Now, usually Alistair has a jam-packed schedule, but at the moment it's obviously a lot quieter due to the coronavirus pandemic. So we took the opportunity to have a cup of tea and a chat. Olympic Channel Podcast. Two-time triathlon world champion, a two-time world team champion, a four-time European champion, a Commonwealth champion, oh, and also two Olympic gold medals too. It's Alistair Brownlee. How are you doing out in Yorkshire? I'm all right, thank you, yeah. Um, it's, uh, I've just been out, I've been swimming and running this morning and um, the weather's got a lot colder. I've just been running, it's absolutely freezing and last week it was tropical, so I don't know what's happened there, but apart from that, I'm okay. Um, yeah, just training away really, taking it pretty steady and, and trying to trying to stay relaxed. Because, um, I mean, you've been locked down in Yorkshire and uh, you've got a pool in your back garden. And have you, haven't you had your birthday and your brother's 30th birthday since you can't see anybody? Uh, yeah, we're both uh, April, April 23rd and 30th. So it's our birthday a couple of weeks back now. Um, but yeah, it's just the new normal, isn't it? We did a few Zoom calls, been staying in touch with family and friends and stuff over the wonders of technology, as frustrating as it is sometimes. And uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, um, it's been okay. I, I think uh, the, the difficult part is it's the same for everyone, isn't it? We don't quite know how long this whole situation is going to last in terms of when life is going to return to normal and for a sporting point of view, when competition is going to be on again. So I want to take you back, all the way back to 2008 in Beijing. What was it like being an Olympian back in 2000 and 2008? And what were your memories from Beijing? Beijing was amazing for me. You know, I uh, I didn't really expect to qualify and qualified three months before. Um, and then before I knew it, you know, I was going to the Olympic Games, which has been a dream. You know, literally, I, uh, I am one of those people who's always followed the Olympics. I remember uh, staying up late in the night to watch Atlanta in 96. Um, obviously, watched triathlon for the first time at debut in Sydney four years after that. Um, and I remember clearly the day in 2005 when the Olympics were uh, awarded to London and um, a teacher at school said to me, have you heard the news? Isn't that fantastic? You know, you could be there. How, how amazing is that? And even then in 2005, it felt like it was, you know, so far away that I would never actually get there. It almost felt, it, it was amazing, but it felt a bit irrelevant to me as an athlete. Um, so to be on the, Olymp <laughs> the Olympics, stood on the start line three years later was 
was very very special um and i was you know i think it was great it was great that uh you know i went to that olympics um by the time i got there you know i, I was lucky to qualify i hadn't raced that many top level international races and i didn't really have a hope in hell of uh winning or really getting a medal but by the time i got there and i stood on the start line and i was like yeah I, I can win this and uh but i didn't have any chance and um i raced like uh you know like i could have a good go and it it went pretty well you know i was, I, I was leading the race i think with about three kilometers to go and, and then capitulated a little bit in game 12 but um the, the experience was amazing you know it's the olympic games uh obviously got to be part of team um, gb which was special uh, experience the olympics watch the events go to the village you know all the things that you uh dream about as a young athlete and um it was very special i think it set me up well for for four years later and the smile on that face as he rounds at the final corner into the finishing straight for 2012 were you prepared for how much uh, attention and how big it got at London 2012 uh, for you and Johnny? We were in no way prepared, you know, um, as much as I love triathlon and lots of people do, it's a very, it's a niche sport and, uh, you know, most of the time, well, for our whole career, you, you know, when, when I was doing triathlon and I was 10 and he said, I do triathlon, everyone was like, what, you know, what is that? Um, and, you know, a few over the, the decades since then, I guess it had got more popular people had an idea of of what it is and um you know probably had an idea that you could go out and and do one if you want it wasn't something that just complete nutters and anoraks did with a spare time at weekends um but uh yeah you know from early that year i think early in 2012 both of us started noticing that um we would go to the shop, you know, to buy a pint of milk or something. And um, someone would say, oh, yeah, you know, best of luck this summer. Hope it goes well. You know, hope you beat that Spanish guy. Or, you know, just little things, snippets that people have obviously heard about triathlon. And, and we're like, wow, you know, this is a big change. Um, and obviously that culminated in um, being at the Olympics itself. And, uh, yeah, you know, posters of and massive um, signs up of us everywhere and, hundreds of thousands of people coming on the day to watch um but and you uh, we were running around Hyde Park in the in the days before and you know constantly having to get well people are asking us to stop for photos in the middle of a run you know come for, for a triathlete uh just such a foreign um like a a, a foreign experience because you're just not used to that at all um so yeah and then we were sat in the hotel room the, the morning before the race you know watching the TV news about how many people there were on in Hyde Park for the, the Olympic triathlon and we were like you know this is fantastic but um yeah looking at each other and being like we better not f this up and uh <laughs> I had a um yeah so there was a lot of pressure I think um you know a couple of things I was immensely lucky to be stood there in the best possible shape I could be in um you know having been under pressure and um uh, having injuries and stuff, I think I would have found that really difficult to cope with. Um, and I think having um, a good group of people around me, including the team, um, Johnny there, obviously, you know, being able to go through that with your brother, stand on the Olympic start line with your brother, incredibly special uh, experience. And um, the other team member, Stu Hayes, who was there and, and the coaches and stuff around us, uh, we were very, very lucky um, to have to have that team around us. Um, 
and, and that all helped. And, and then there was a, I remember going out onto the course um, as a warm up on the bike, uh, whatever, you know, less than an hour before the start of the race itself. And I'm just spinning along and um, the, the, the crowd already is obviously enormous and is roaring as we, as Johnny and I are um, going, going, uh, going along the course. And it just suddenly hit me then, you know, it's, it's not really something to feel pressured about. It's something to feel um, immensely lucky that all these people are here, that they just want the best for both of us and to do uh, as, uh, as well as we can. And um, that, that felt really special. It's also quite good to win a gold medal after all that as well. I mean, isn't it? You know, it's, like, it's it's a bit of an icing on the cake, especially and sharing your uh, the podium with the bro- brother is a bit of a double-edged sword, I imagine. How was it like behind the scenes uh, when you were kind of on that on that media kind of rollout with with you and Johnny? Was it all okay? Yeah, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, um, we were we, it was a home Olympic games with just both. Um, won a medal with you know um, no British triathlete had even got close to winning a medal before so you know we'd, we'd pulled that off with um, whatever the stats of the first brothers to stand on a podium at the same time um, there's a lot of things um, that people you know th- stacked up against us that we were told that we you know we, it wasn't going to happen and it kind of happened so I think we were both very glad I think um in lots of what you know, I was kind of always expected to win, and I don't think Johnny really ever expected to to beat me in that race. I don't think he ever thought he could win. Um, and but I do think he was obviously a bit disappointed. I think he thought he could have come second if it wasn't for the penalty, and you know, they had that bronze medal instead of the silver. Um, so I think that disappointed him a little bit. But uh, he, he, you know, it was it. I think uh, on the whole, you know, we were we were pretty pleased with with how it had gone. Well, I was especially anyway. It might have been different had it been the other way around. <laughs> and after 2012, you know, like becoming Commonwealth champion, becoming uh, European champion again, and there's definite achievements between that. So going into 2016... I guess there's a, it's a different type of mindset that you've got to go in in order to peak at the right time and and get that second Olympic gold medal again. Yeah, I had some pretty nasty um, injuries in the lead up in the lead into 2016. You know, including having to have um, a pretty major ankle surgery. I think ten months before. Um, so that was very different to me. Uh, different feeling for me because um i felt like i was fighting oh you know i was fighting to get my body fit and healthy and to be on the start line and it was tough i went through some really dark times even in three or four weeks before where i couldn't really run because uh my achilles was sore and all sorts so there were some tough times but um by the time we got there and i stood on the start line i was pretty happy and confident that um you know, I'd, I, I'd done all I could, committed everything I could in the last six months and was as fit as I could be. Um, and, yeah, I mean, um, Johnny and I had a plan to go out and race aggressively and um, try and, uh, and and try and pull it off. And, again, at, you know, lots of ways, the day went more perfectly in Rio than it did in London. Um, you know, from 20 minutes into that race, early on the bike, we were controlling the race and... Um, yeah, it was it was kind of laid out for us. Uh, but yeah, to it, you know, I get asked all the time, 
um what which is more special and that's uh that's impossible to answer um but again you know to uh to win another olympic gold medal um which obviously no triathlete has ever done before um and to stand on a podium again with you with your brother um and and say the same joke which is you better not start crying now um yeah i think that's very special i don't think many people ever get to do that <laughs> It's an iconic moment for sport, but especially for triathlon. Johnny Brownlee striding ahead in brutally hot conditions in Mexico. He was in first place and was looking to secure the world title for the first time in 2016. It didn't happen. Unbelievable. Johnny Brownlee would start to find fatigue. He did not know where he was. And something that we have never seen before, Alistair Brownlee would help his brother to the finishing line. All of a sudden, it seemed to, to me that people who normally um, wouldn't know anything about triathlon and, you know, quite, quite rightly, you know, wouldn't care, plenty of other interests, asking us about triathlon and kind of knew who we were in the street, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, yeah, that was the crazy, crazy scenario about that because we were like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? For As far as I was concerned, um, to start with at least, you know, I went to kind of bed that night and um, I was like just gutted that Johnny had messed up winning the world title. I did a, a re-commentary of it for um, the ITU just this last weekend and still yeah, watching sure. it now. I'm like screaming at the um at the laptop being like what are you doing you could have won that race easily <laughs> like with a k to go you could have just eased off and cruised in and uh that that was the end of that but no he kept pushing and yep nearly killed himself <laughs> yeah he was in a bad way <laughs> After a largely successful step up to the Ironman triathlon distance, Alistair returned to compete at the Olympic level and was actually looking like a pretty decent bet to qualify for Tokyo 2020, incredibly. Now with the games postponed to 2021, his plans look a bit unclear for the short term. But the long-term aim is very clear. Be in the mix for an historic third Olympic title. I was trying as hard as I could to um, qualify and be there. There were some big obstacles to overcome, you know, obviously to qualify quite late on. Um, and things were going really well. Um, I was training well with Johnny. We were actually away training at altitude in the States before um, all the lockdown um, happened. And um, yeah, I mean, th there was lots of big ifs there, which is what I would have to race well to qualify. Um, and as a British team, we could do with qualifying three spots as well that we haven't done. So. You know, not in a great shape for me in terms of the, the British team or me personally. Um, but anyway, you know, you can just try best. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I was just hoping to, to throw everything at it and have one last good Olympic experience. Like I said, you know, the Olympics means uh, a hell of a lot to me. I, I've been very lucky to go to three times. The 14-year-old me would um, be literally wouldn't have wouldn't believe me to say that I'd been three times and won twice. So I feel like I'm up on that, but, um, you know, it would have been fantastic to go and compete again. 
um, and everything was going really well, actually way better than I expected um, only a couple of months ago. Um, but now, yeah, the plan is, I guess, um, being at home, I've been chipping away with the training, trying to stay fit, working on some of the things that I don't normally get the chance to work on. So just really good consistency of training, working actually quite hard on my swim and my swim stroke at the moment, um, actually enjoying um, training consistently and, and just tapping away at that. Um, and yeah, I guess the the plan will be to um, kind of ramp ramp it up from um, when the lockdown calms down to try and have some um, some good training, some racing. I, I think it is quite difficult to make the plan because um, we don't know what racing looks like yet. So uh, I, I think there's a you know it's unlikely that there'll be any competitive racing as it relates to the Olympics this year, um, but we'll see. Who knows? So, yeah, I mean, the plan, I guess, is kind of a nice at the moment till I know a bit more about what, what's going on. You're lucky in some ways because you've had these Olympic experiences and you've got a good shot at another one. But for other people, that's not the case. You know, this was the one shot. This summer was the one shot for them to... Um, to kind of peak. I mean, what advice would you give to somebody who 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 was struggling with with that kind of thing? Yeah, I completely agree with that. Actually, um, I, I, one of my first um, kind of thoughts on hearing it was that uh, I, I'm kind of glad for me it wasn't eight years ago um, because you know, like I said, in 2012, it was kind of the biggest day, kind of of my life really and that's no exaggeration uh, I'd known about it for um all the years leading up to it the seven years before um I'd kind of you know prepared for it throwing everything at it was ready to go out and race um and you know I think so I feel really kind of sorry um and and a lot of empathy for people um those those guys who this was their big day but so I think my advice is firstly um, relax about it if at all possible because you know a year actually you know isn't necessarily that long um, and it gives you time to to be even more focused to be even more prepared um, and and to be even more ready. So I think that's a that's a one thing. I, I think um, in this time it's probably really important to kind of dissociate. I think one strategy, I think probably a strategy for most people is dissociate as much as you can actually from the preparation. So yeah, for sure, do what you can, but um, it, it's kind of hard to have that level of intensity of, of training and focus and mindset for long periods of time. And, you know, for some people that's weeks, other people it is months and many months, but for, I'm pretty sure for no one it's 15 months. So um, just spend a bit of time to um you know train as hard as you can but around that try and relax and, and do other things and have other focuses um yeah whatever that might be learn to play the guitar or cook or um or read you know i think reading is a really good thing uh and yeah that should hopefully give you a bit of perspective on the situation and i think with that perspective and mindset you'll be fresher and um, as ready as ever to get back and focus as hard as you can when um 2021 rolls around for the olympics that summer Okay, last question. For the British, tea drinking is a very serious business, especially in troubled times. So, what makes the perfect cuppa? 
there's so many things that go into the perfect cup of tea, isn't there? You know, obviously the um, correct brand of tea, um, which doesn't need to be said. But um, yeah, I think from everything to the right, uh, having really hot water to um, drinking from the right type of china cups um, to the temperature of the milk, you know, there's lots of things that go into it there. And um, yeah, I think uh, it's a hard skill to master, but I'm working, I'm working on it at the moment. Milk first. What is the what is the first? Milk first. If I'm being lazy, because then you don't really have to mix it in. But you shouldn't really do milk first. Sacrilege. Good luck on Twitter if we put that on. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, as a northerner. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're living in a a curious time, and I'm a big believer in tea solving problems. Can just drinking a cup of tea and coming together and having to sit down and chatting it out actually solve the world's problems yeah for sure if more people sat down had a drank a cup of tea and just chatted i think uh, i think the world would be a better place <laughs> brilliant well go and put the kettle on thanks alistair that was amazing yeah great thanks very much olympic channel podcast <laughs> big thank you to alistair controversial putting milk in first no way would i do that get in touch with us on social media with your reaction to that we are at olympic channel across all socials alistair is just alistair.brownley on instagram i am at eddie knowles with an i and an e we had another amazing british athlete on the podcast earlier this year none other than world champion sprinter dina Asher Smith. Here is a clip from that episode. I always want to just be the best version of the of me that I can be. And um, whether that's being one of the fastest women in the world and doing excellently, then hooray, yeah, we're really happy. But if I'm still running my fastest times and I can't quite hit those marks, um, obviously I'm competitive, so it's frustrating. But um, at the same time, that's my max. Like we're all human beings. We're all born in different bodies and we all have our different maxes. And that's what we're trying to find out in sport, aren't we? We're how far we can go. Go over to olympicchannel.com forward slash podcast. We've got loads of episodes for you to have a look at. Hit subscribe, but most of all, leave us a review on the podcast app. Anyway, thank you very much for listening and stay safe. Think like an Olympian.